You are listening to the Improv Save My Life podcast, brought to you on Bits, the Boston Improv Talk Station. Hey guys, this is Zach, Bill, and Ryan from Deep Pod Cuts. That's right, uh, we bring you the deepest, coolest, new, and existing podcasts that are going on right now. So if you're looking for an interesting way to get your feet wet in the world of podcasting, but don't want to trudge through endless hours of boring blah 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 listen to deep pod cuts where all the podcasts are interesting and may or may not be made up all right welcome to episode 35 of the improv save my life podcast brought to you on bits the boston improv talk station i'm your host tom boyer this this week's guest is uh jeff rubin you might know jeff rubin from college humor or uh, the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. He's now working at BuzzFeed. What's going on, Jeff? Hi, thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for being here. Now, Jeff has no improv experience, but he's been around improv Oh, culture. man, yeah, the way you said that. Like, <laughs> now, just so you know, it's true, though. I, I do not have any improv experience. Which I think is kind of interesting. Um, but uh, you will appeal to a lot of my listeners because you have a ton of video-making experience. Yeah, and I've done stand-up, um, not extensively, I would say, um, but, you know, more than most that try to do stand-up. I was wondering, when I was going to um, describe you, I didn't, I couldn't really think of the words, and I was like, how would I describe myself? And I guess I would say that I'm like an up-and-coming uh, Im- improv comic that dabbles in videos and stand-up, but like, how would you describe yourself to somebody it's a great question. I mean, professionally, I'm assuming you mean yeah, like, yeah. Just, like, I'm a nice dude. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I do at BuzzFeed now. My main, my entire thing, not even my main thing, is videos and primarily funny videos. At that, um, at College Humor, where I was for basically a decade, uh, it was it was videos, but it was other stuff too. There was a lot of, um, you know, it was a lot of like I don't know. Like, it's <laughs> it's tough to do, which I like. I like that it's tough to describe, actually. Like, that makes me think I'm doing something right. Right. But, you know, I did a lot of work at College Humor on, like, the website itself and, like, what the website should look like and what kind of features we should have and how many people should be working on what and that kind of thing. Um, in addition to, like, writing and um, making videos. And the primary thing I was known for at College Humor, the thing I did that was the most visible at College Humor was I hosted a video game show with my friend Pat, who also worked at College Humor, uh, called Bleep Loop. That's where and I. It, so like, it, it did. I would, you know, I was like also plan. I was like planning the website, but also like um, editing a video game show with my friend Pat. <laughs> That's where I really got to know you from was Bleep Loop, and uh, yeah. I I thoroughly uh, enjoyed Bleep Loop. Thanks uh, so much, man. Me too. It was like. Um, I think they were kind of far in between sometimes, so I I anxiously await like the next one, uh, just yeah. for like the five to ten minutes. <laughs> but they were great. Thanks, man. It was a lot of fun to do, and like most people that know me, if they know me, they know me from Bleep Loop, and they're you know, Bleep Loop was me and Pat one hundred percent being ourselves. Like that is exactly what we are like in real life, um, and so. If you know me from Bleep Bloop, like, you pretty much know me. It's a weird thing to say, but, um, because I'm talking about two real people, but I like you and Pat's, uh, chemistry together. Oh, thanks so much. I mean, you know, we're, uh, we're really friends. Pat and I are friends. Even though <laughs> we, I don't do Bleep Bloop anymore. Like, Pat, uh, lives in LA now, and we, uh, hang out all the time. And, you know, still play shitty video games and all that. 
He's a he's a very funny uh, guy, from what I can tell, just uh, oh videos God, and that's, whatnot. I mean, Pat is maybe the funniest person in college humor, which is saying <laughs> something because like everyone there is the funniest person, you know. Um, like Pat is so funny, and you know, yeah, Pat Pat Pat's the best. So what I uh, I like to do on this show, um, generally I have uh, other improvisers on, and um, I get their just kind of background where they uh, grew up and what led them into uh, comedy. Uh, would you mind just kind of briefly taking me through that? Sure. Um, so I grew up in New Jersey in a town called Cranford, which was a wonderful place to grow up. And I don't know, you know, I actually recently, my parents moved from the house I grew up in. And I found this box of tapes, uh, and, like, one tape is, like, this tape, like, a fake talk show I made for myself. Um, I should put this online when I was, like, you know, the problem is, like, my whole family's in it, and I don't want to drag them into this. Right. <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, I just made, it was, like, me as a four-year-old trying to make a funny video. And when I was, like, in grade school and middle school, I would, like, try to write funny things. Like, my computer class projects would all be, like, really silly and... I'd make videos with my friends, and in high school, I made videos with my friends. Um, like, What were you using back then? Um, so this was, I was born in 82, so we're like shooting, you know, my friend Matt, who I'm still very good friends with, and I still um, work with here and there, he, but mostly I'm friends with, he, um, uh, his dad worked at Sony, and he actually, so we had access to uh, um, an editing like a linear, I believe, and I'm not totally up on the ground because I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. But, uh, <laughs> but I believe it was a linear editing system as opposed to, I hope I'm doing this right. Someone knows that I'm, if I'm not and they'll correct me. Um, like on a computer, um, all computer software, again, as I understand it, the basic thing I'm about to tell you is correct, even if I'm getting the words wrong. Um, it's nonlinear editing, which means if you've ever seen Premiere or Final Cut, you can drag the files around to your heart's content. You can rearrange them, and it's fun. And uh, As opposed to back in the day where you'd shoot on tape and you had linear editing, and you were, like, editing to tape, and you'd throw down a scene, and then if you, if you changed your mind later, you had to go back and start over and, like, basically rewrite over what you had done. You know, you had to start at zero and uh, edit as you went. We were not editing movies. This is, like, a high school <laughs> English project for right. editing. But, um... We took these high school English projects very seriously, and we actually like made voluntary high school English projects, quasi for extra credit, <laughs> sorta just so the class like to kill a class. Like we knew if we made these videos, like we would get out, like we'd, we the teacher would let us show them, and that would be like one less class to sit through. So but I think kinda... the real reason we made them was just because we liked making stuff, and right. it was funny, and like um, they had these very loose themes about English literature, but they really weren't about that at all. And then, so that was really fun, um, and like. You know, it's funny if you look at like all the things I've studied or whatever. I didn't study a lot. Um, <laughs> that's really what I do professionally now is what we were doing for that high school English class for fun. And um, so then I went to college and I had a website a little bit. It, this is late 2000, early 2001. And it was kind of a blog before the word, right. I think, before the word was out there. It was, I think it was a hand-coded tripod site as opposed to a blog. But it was just like the the homepage was just a series of links to things I had written. And I did that like my first semester at college. And I guess, and I, I don't know, I haven't thought about this, but I guess uh, because I didn't know what else to do in college. You know, like that's kind of, I was trying to find myself, find something I like doing. I don't know. And like I started doing that and like some friends <laughs> passed it around via away messages and stuff to date it a little further. And it 
was fun. And then one of uh, someone I had met, Jeff France, who um, now works for a newspaper. I like them still in touch with all these people. Um, <laughs> Jeff France, who I was in a few classes with, and he enjoyed my writing, and he thought it was cool that I was doing this. And he uh, kind of changed my life a little bit when he told me that there was a humor magazine on college. He was like, hey, I just saw these people passing out a humor magazine. And it's funny, like, I, I wonder if Jeff even remembers that, but I do, because I was like, oh my God, there's other people doing this? Like, I could right. be doing this and maybe being a little social and not just, like, hanging out in my dorm room by myself too late. So that was kind of the end of the website, and I started working for the Humor Magazine at Penn State, and that was probably, which is where I went to school, and that's probably the main thing I did at Penn State. Um, you know, like, I studied advertising, but I picked it because it was easy, and I chose wisely. It was super easy. I was never really stressed with college work. Um, I was never really stressed with humor magazine work either, but it was like, it was the main thing I did, you know, and I was, had some elected position there, I think three to four years I was there and was like the head writer, whatever the equivalent is, um, by the time I left and it was super fun and like, I really enjoyed that and it was, it was, you know, the main thing I think I took away from college and then right after college and I swear we're going to start wrap this up pretty quick is, um, so after college, I didn't know what I was going to do. I moved back home to New Jersey. I really had no idea what I was going to do because, like we were saying earlier, like I don't know how to describe what I do. Like I'm not a pure writer. I'm not, uh, you know, I write, but I'm not. Uh, I wouldn't consider myself a writer. I've never right. like really been like, oh, I like really want to write for SNL. I really want to write for like TV or whatever it is. And but I like those things. Like I like writing, and I like this humor magazine, and you know, I liked video, but I didn't study film, and I, I wasn't. I don't know, that didn't, internet video wasn't really a thing yet. Right. So I didn't know what I was going to do. I moved back home. I was doing this temp job, and I was just checking Craigslist. I don't know I don't know why. I was just checking Craigslist every single day looking for uh, something, and I saw, you know, it seemed like forever, but it was only two or three months after I graduated, which I know <laughs> two or three months to find, like, this dream job after graduating is nothing. Two or three months after graduating, I saw this post on College Humor, for uh, or a post on Craigslist for an editor at College Humor, and it was their first employee. They didn't hire anyone. They hadn't hired anyone yet, and um, they were looking for like some assistance with some editorial work. It was a paid part-time internship, but it could potentially be a full-time thing. And I started working there, and it went pretty well. It's the only like job interview I've ever been to <laughs> where I was like, I'm gonna get this job. Like, and I I don't know if I've ever said that to them. I would I would tell them now if they listen. This is fine. That's funny like, that you were so I, confident because you really didn't have a lot of experience at that time. No, but I was the head writer for the Humor magazine. I believed, um, and I'm, I don't know if this is true or not, but I believed our Humor magazine was one of the best in the country because we had looked at a lot of others and like I was very proud of the one we had put out and I thought it was quite good. Whether that's true or not, I <laughs> will leave up to the ages. So I was like, I was the head writer for one of the best year magazines. I really did think it was a pretty impressive product that we put out, um, whether that was true or not. And I knew the internet really well. Like, I've always lived on the internet. Like, I've been, you know, um, from Prodigy when I was very young. It's like, I've always had this internet presence. So it's like, I, I speak internet very fluently, um, which not everyone my age does. Like, my age is the age where I think I'm like as old as you can be while still doing that just about <laughs> and uh you know or you can still always be like native right. and um so I, re- I really felt like i was like if they don't hire me i don't know what they're looking for uh which i don't know that's probably not correct in retrospect but i did get the job and then three days became four days and four days became five days 
And then I was the first employee, so it was just like immediately the um, managing editor, maybe, or something like <laughs> that. And then I just stuck around. And we didn't do video there until two after I it was I was there for two or three years before we ever produced original video. So call um, that's kind of the beginning of the journey. College Humor was originally like a print based, uh, well, well, like website print um, based articles and whatnot. Sorry, I'm eating oatmeal. Um, terrible, very rude. Um, yes, it was, it was, um, the, the original material was articles, but there's also a lot of user submitted content that was like pictures and videos from around um, the internet, which is still, of course, a major part of the website. Right. Did you ever give consideration to, um, had you not ended up at College Humor, um, where your career would have gone? Um, the thought has definitely crossed my mind, and it's usually, God, I do not know what I would have done if I did not end up at College Humor, and I still think that's true, and I think, um, the success we enjoyed at College Humor, hopefully, ideally, will, like, you know, gives me a little bit, uh... You know, it gave me an opportunity to show that I am, like, a competent person and when given the right tools can do something. And I think we'll probably make finding opportunities for the rest of my life easier. And I think with the work I'm doing at BuzzFeed, ideally we'll do the same. Um, so, you know, that I think that first job, I always tell people looking for their first job that, like, that first job, I think, I mean, I don't know, but I think that first job is really the hardest. So uh, I really don't know what I would have done if I didn't find that job and, like, I am extremely aware of that fact, you know. Now you were um, you were on the College Humor show that was on MTV. Uh, how oh was... yeah, major definitely yes, <laughs> I was. I enjoyed that show quite a bit. Oh, uh, thanks so much. Uh, it was just the one season, right? Yes, six six glorious episodes. It was <laughs> too beautiful for this earth. <laughs> was there talk originally about bringing it back for more? Um, you know. That was not renewed, I think. Yeah. You know, honestly, I really wasn't, like, um, privy to the discussions. And, like, I don't really know technically exactly what happened. But, like, it wasn't exactly canceled. Like, it ran out its course. And it, we were, like, waiting to hear if it was going to be renewed. And we just never heard. And that's that's really all I know about it. Um, if there's more to the story, I'm not aware. But, like, you know, uh, I, that, I don't think there's more to the story. Because I think that's <laughs> what happens with, like, 95% of TV shows. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm not involved in that aspect, but I, I just through listening to podcasts, it sounds like that's how most people find out. They just never hear back. Yeah, I didn't even know that that is how I, I that's I didn't even know that that's how most people. But like, I, I'm not surprised to hear it. But you know, um, obviously being on the show was like wonderful. Um, I'm reasonably certain I will never be on a TV show again. Certainly not a show where I'm acting. And um, so it was like a cool experience and like there were some weird like little quirks of that experience like being in photo shoots and being on billboards and that kind of thing. It was like a crazy few months. Um, but I do remember and I, I will stand by this like a little bit of relief when the show was over because we got – because I was like, oh my god, we can finally go back to doing whatever we want. You know, um, there's a lot of – there's a lot of pressure on a TV show and a lot of like – overthink it or thinking and a lot of work and that's not what we really we really done like you know we sort of um got noticed in the first place just kind of doing what we want and having fun and like making a tv show is like the exact opposite of that and i definitely remember like immediately after just like how fun it was to go back to just making internet sketches right so 
um, I think a lot of my listeners would be involved in the, the uh, making of internet uh, sketches. Uh, what what kind of advice could you give to those people? Huh. Um, just general advice for making internet sketches. Oh, well, the first is I'd say do it. I, 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 most people that ask for advice are just straight up not doing it. I, they're just like kind of afraid to start doing it. Right. And I always say Jake and Amir, my friends Jake and Amir from College Humor, who of course have um, the still going extremely popular web series Jake and Amir. Um, and, you know, really like laid down the blueprint for a lot of what we did at College Humor. And those guys, um, you know, they start doing that show with like, I mean, it's crazy. Like, you don't even need what they had because this is maybe two thousand eight or nine. They started doing it. I'm not sure, but um, maybe even before that. But you know, they started with like a Canon Power Shot point and shoot camera and uh, i iMovie built. You know, the built in editing software in OS X. And you go back and look at their early ones. Like that's what they were shot on. Right. And you don't even need that anymore because you can just do it on your phone. Like, it's so easy to start making stuff. Jake and Amir, um, Amir actually has been editing videos, like, since he was, like, in the womb, basically. Like, he has been genetically training, you know, to, to, to fight this battle that he's fighting uh, his entire life. But Jake was pretty new to it, and, like, I don't know, you, you, and I was, I never studied any of this formally. Like, you can just pick up shit and start doing it. You really, really can. And then the other thing is just because you're doing it doesn't mean that it's good, necessarily. I think a lot of people... You know, they're like, I made something. Everyone look at it now. And, like, I think it takes a while of doing it um, before you're really – before, you know, you want to really make sure – because you can only bother everyone to look at something once. You want to make sure you've gotten it to good before you bother everyone to look at it. And it's probably not good the very first time you do it, you know, or certainly there's room for improvement. You want to make sure it's as good as it, is, as it can be before you're, you know, um, showing it around, so to speak. Right. So those are two, like, really basic things. I think most people that need advice making internet sketches, like the number one piece of advice they need is to just go fucking do it. It's really that simple. Awesome. Uh, so you you uh, you started the Jeff Rubin Jeff Rubin uh, show, which is a podcast. Um, which you, it, I love the concept. Uh, I don't know if it was originally uh, thought of as just interviewing kind of people that people might be interested in, but. Don't. I was very excited to hear what your perception <laughs> of the concept was. But maybe don't have a platform normally to get their stories out there. I, I don't know. Is that, is that somewhat accurate, would you say? You know, the original, I, I, the very first idea was like there were going to be segments and different games and blah, blah, blah. Like I never would have been able to pull it off. And I remember I had like a document where I was writing down ideas for different episodes. And um, I still have this document. Let me pull it up real quick. Hmm. It's still like the one I have, like all my episode ideas in. And finally, you know, I had a ton of variety of crazy ideas. And then finally, let me pull it up real quick. At the top, I wrote, and I still have this document. And it still says this at the top. I wrote in big, bold letters. You open up the show, then something happens. That's <laughs> it. And yeah, I, I, I originally, I don't know. It was originally just a little concept. I was just like, I'll just start doing episodes. I didn't, I guess I didn't realize the interview thing was going to be the thing. And it's still not exclusively the thing. Like, I still like to do like some pop culture roundtable stuff sometimes, right. especially now that I don't do bleep loop. Um, it's a fun opportunity to work with Pat and just kind of get some, you know, talk about video games and stuff. Yeah. I mean, those are some uh, of my favorite episodes too. Oh, thanks. I'm glad. I, I worry that people don't like them, but I don't worry too much cause I don't care. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, so yeah, the, the main thing the show is now, and I would describe it 
um, which I've had to do a handful of times in a similar way to you did, and just say, uh, interviews you didn't know you wanted to hear is what I pitch it as. And it's just interviews. I don't know. I really like interviews, but I find in podcasts and also in print and also like talk shows, it's the same fucking people on every talk show, on every right. podcast. I mean, any comedy podcast listener. And I love comedy podcasts. So this is nothing against comedy podcasts, but like, there is a set of a dozen people who are on every fucking comedy podcast, right? It true. sometimes feels like you're just rotating through them. Right. Uh, and, you know, that's cool on that, but, like, that already exists. And, like, I don't – it's already crowded. And I, I don't know. I just kind of thought there were a lot of interesting stories to tell that people aren't getting a chance to tell. And it would be cool to find some of these people. Yeah. I mean, you've had – in the past, you've had uh, a guy that wrote a book about Nickelodeon on, which I thought was really interesting um, just to hear the – kind of history of Nickelodeon, which I would never have really looked into myself, you know, if, if, if I never heard that podcast, that it would have been just a closed chapter in my life, but, you know. I've done a few Nickelodeon episodes, I grew up watching a lot of Nickelodeon, so it's no surprise that it's a major area of interest for me. One of the first, I think it's episode number four or five, and it's maybe the best booking I've ever done and ever will do, is, uh, I had, uh, Kirk Fogg, who was the host of Legends of the Hidden Temple, which was a Nickelodeon game show, and this is what makes it the best, a contestant who was on Legends of the Hidden Temple when he was a kid. <laughs> so I had both the host and a kid. So you're getting both perspectives of what it's like to host the show and what's going on behind the scenes, but then occasionally the guy who was a contestant chimes up and he's like, you know, from my perspective what was going on, and so I love, love, love that episode. They're both really nice and really cool and um, lots of interesting stuff in there, and you know, I, I think sometimes people describe those episodes or describe the show as a nostalgia thing, which isn't it for me. It's not just like, uh, it's not just like, hey, remember Nickelodeon? But to me, it's like I couldn't have interviewed Kirk. Like, Kirk Fogg tells stories and gives insights that he could never have given when the show was actually on. Right. And you need a little bit of time so people can get comfortable uh, and are just able. Like, you know, there's nothing at stake anymore to tell some of the... And it's not like I'm looking for dirt or anything like that, but just like kind of the nuts and bolts and some of the duct tape that was, I use the word nuts and bolts a lot to describe the things I'm interested in for the show. <laughs> um, and the plumbing and the duct tape, things like he never would describe, I never could have gotten access to him. Um, but now, you know, like 20 years later, he's like loves sharing these stories and laughing at it. So it's not just like a, hey, look at this thing. Like to me, um, it's more about like getting the uh, perspective from someone who has, uh, did this kind of weird, extremely unique thing uh, and then a lot of time has passed, and then getting their perspective on it today, you know? Right. It's almost like, um, I don't know if this is a good way to describe it, but uh, mini, mini audio documentaries. I don't know. <laughs> I just thought of that maybe, off the top of my head. I don't know if that's accurate, but... Maybe. Um, I guess I, ideally, like, it is like a documentary, and you get a story. Um, that's certainly the ideal case. You know, I think about Radiolab a lot, which I'd say is a mini audio documentary. Um they have more time to do more editing and more interviews than I do. I wish I could do something like they did. But, um, yeah, I guess I, ideally it is a little documentary. I mean, there are documentaries that are just interviews, right? right. Um, like the, what do you call it? The um, Errol Morris stuff, right? Like the Kirk, uh, I almost said Kirk Fogg when I meant, uh, you know, what's his guy? What's his name? He was bad. Dick Cheney. There's that new Dick Cheney one where he interviews <laughs> Dick Cheney. Um, and it's pretty much just a feature-length interview with Dick Cheney. And there's things that I couldn't do uh, as a podcast. Like, I think the way he shoots it is interesting. There's B-roll and that kind of thing. But essentially, it could be, uh, 
like 90% of the value of that movie could be preserved in an audio-only form. Right. So yeah, I think, I think it's not crazy to call them mini-documentaries, sometimes when it's really good. Alright, um, so I had uh, one question, and uh, I can edit this out if you're not comfortable with it. Um, no, try me. So you work for BuzzFeed now. Uh, BuzzFeed, one of their big things is lists, obviously. Mm. Uh, I was wondering if you could give me a top five uh, internet videos. Just off the top of yeah, your head. Absolutely. I mean, you know, if you ask me on two different days, I'm going to have different ideas. I mean, top five internet videos is probably the top five videos on YouTube is a great way to find them. So <laughs> top five, I'd say non-music video videos, because music videos aren't really internet. It's, it's sort of something different, but they're becoming internet videos. I don't know. Right. But if you look at the top five non-music video videos on YouTube, that's probably the answer for just, you know, the top. But my favorites? Do you want my favorites? Yeah, your favorites. Oh, man. Um, I love Rachel Bloom, uh, who I think she's got a show or something. She's a comedian. She does music videos. And she did a video called I Steal Pets, which is a music video, which I love <laughs> and is so funny. Um, I love so much of Scott Gardner's work. Scott Gardner is also someone who has a show coming out. Um, and he worked on Conan for a while. But before that, he made internet videos. He was at, when he was making internet videos, he was my favorite internet video maker. He didn't do uh, Michael McDonald, did he? Yes, he did. He did do that video. Oh, Great I love choice. that. Yeah, that was a good one. Scott's stuff is my favorite. Like, I think we just have extremely similar sensibilities. Like, I think the things he finds funny, I find is exactly <laughs> just exactly what I find funny. I love Scott's work. Um, I'm I'm having trouble selecting just one at the moment. Let's say that Michael McDonald one. Uh, what else? What else? Um, top. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, also, I'm going a little more obscure. You know, I'm trying to think of things that like you maybe haven't heard of and using this opportunity to recommend things that people haven't heard of. Oh, that's great. Um, I really like, probably my favorite subgenre of internet video is board game commercial parody and there's this one by this group called, I think, Impossibles or Secrets or something. I, uh, the Imponderables. I think it's The Imponderables and they made a video called Mushmouth. It's a board game the joke is that it's like a seventies it's like a seventies board game called Mushmouth, and uh, the the game is you have to roll it, you have to say a phrase, but you have to do it with a certain number of your friends' fingers in your mouth. So you it's like ten <laughs> fingers, and like everyone puts their fingers in someone's mouth, and they're like, ah, blah, blah, and they're like snowplow, and they're just trying to guess what they're saying. <laughs> but the whole thing just really nails like the seventies aesthetic, and like. The tone is like, this is the most fun thing in the world as these people stick their fingers into each other's mouths. Um, I just love like this specific, specific weirdness of that one. Nice. Um, there's this video by this group called Secret Pants, I think, which is um, George. I, I, I've now made Dick Cheney and George W. Bush references in the past 30 minutes. So, you know, <laughs> that, that's not who I am, but uh, I'm not like not railing against them on a daily basis still. It, just, it happened a couple of times. They made this video called Bush or Batman, I believe, um, and I think it's maybe my favorite premise I've ever seen in the Man on the Street video, which is this guy walked around and at, he had quotes, and they were either from George W. Bush or 1960s Batman, and it was all <laughs> stuff like, uh, we must fight those who threaten to take away our freedom, and like, you know, the, the point is this, that like, a lot of Bush's, like, grand statements about freedom and justice sounded like they were said by 1960s Batman. And yeah. I love 1960s Batman. And Doug, I just thought that was, like, just the 
the the funniest observation to me that like when he talks about freedom and justice that it sounds like 1960s Batman. So I love that video. Doug Benson does something similar uh, on his podcast with uh, Bane from The Dark Knight Rises or uh, Abraham Lincoln, which I, people get wrong all the time. So yeah, yeah I, I, it's a funny game. I actually made a BuzzFeed video. Thinking of that Bush or Batman one, I made a BuzzFeed video that was, um, and it was based on a BuzzFeed post. I don't know enough about Justin Bieber to make this observation on my own, but it was, um, there was a BuzzFeed post that was Justin Bieber or a baby, and it was kind of a joke because, like, the baby, you know, like, babies don't actually say anything. Like, the point is just, hey, a lot of what Justin Bieber says sounds like a baby, and I thought that was very funny. And I tried to think about how, and that was done by, I believe, Whitney and Lauren, who are two really funny BuzzFeed writers in New York. And um, I just tried to think about how to make, like, I had to, if we could make that an actual game in a video. And, like, a baby was, like, too much of a false answer. So what we came up with was, who said it, Justin Bieber or Angelica Pickles? Um, <laughs> you know, brat from Rugrats. Right. We are just like, who is a bratty character? And um, it was Angelica Pickles. We looked up a few Angelica Pickles quotes. And, um, you know, we looked up a few Justin Bieber's quotes. They're both very similar, really bratty and demandy and, um, that we made a little fun game out of that. So I think that when you can play that, like this sounds like that, it's a, it's a fun game, a really fun prank. Maybe one of the best pranks trolls. I don't know if it's a prank or a troll I've seen on the internet was, um, someone on 4chan posted a quote, uh, a, a Hitler quote. They took a Hitler quote and put it on a picture of Richard Dawkins and posted it in the subreddit for atheism, I believe or maybe skeptics or something like that, and it got voted all the way to the top. And it was a Hitler quote, but on a picture of Richard Dawkins. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, you know, that's a fun game. That, that game really tickles me when, like, you know, the, it's, a, it's a fun way to make the observation, like, hey, this guy actually sounds like this guy. Oh, um, Hitler and Taylor Swift, I, I've seen done, too, actually. Now we're talking <laughs> about Hitler. That's funny. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, one more video for your list. Oh, my God, shit. Uh, one more video. <laughs> um... Uh, I want to name a college humor video. I'm trying to think of something I didn't have any part in. I'm just trying to think of something fun. Oh, well, you know, I could name a BuzzFeed video, actually. Let me name a BuzzFeed video. Um, And it's not a funny one, but they made a video um, before I got, before, in the great before, before I worked there. They made this video about your life in jelly beans. (laughs) And uh, they pour all these jelly beans on the ground, and it's however many, it's like this, you live this many hours, each jelly bean's an hour. You know, the average person lives this many hours. And then they start removing jelly beans for like, you spend this many hours driving, you spend this many hours sleeping, you spend this many hours in the bathroom. And uh, there's, and like they're removed in an interesting visual way. And then like, and then in the middle, it's like this, when you take all that stuff away, this is what's left. These are the jelly beans you have left. Like, what do you want to do with them? And like, I get shivers just thinking about that. I thought that, I thought it was extremely uh, powerful. And all, but also like, funny and like not heavy handed. So it's like very powerful, but it's also all about jelly beans and very light on its feet. It's not, um, you know, it doesn't feel like, uh, like a sappy commercial. Like it, it it's, uh, it's, it's really quite good. Nice. Um, so I, I'll, I'll let you go, but I just have one more question, which would be, um, maybe, maybe a two part question. Um, where you are now in your career, uh, how do you feel, and where uh, where do you want to be ultimately? I don't know. You know, I don't know that I have a much better idea than I did right after college. To be honest, I feel great. I love my job. I um, like, man, I could not have imagined a better job for myself. It's so fun. Like 
you know, um, like I said, like I'm doing what I did with my friends in high school English class for fun. Like we, um, which believe me, that's, it's better than I just made it sound. Um, <laughs> well, it seems yeah, like you, I, uh, I like love what I'm doing. I, I don't know, you know, I don't know where it goes exactly, but, uh, I'm confident it'll go somewhere. You know, like I think this thing that I'm working in is, um, uh, an expanding field, um, and you know the in- this is very controversial. I think this internet thing is going to be big. I think this internet <laughs> video thing also going to be popular. Um, so where it goes is unclear. And if I knew the answer to that, I'd be probably uh, very very rich. Uh, so I don't know the answer, but I'm confident it'll go somewhere. And I'm like pretty happy with where I am. Very happy with where I am. Even nice. All right. Well, uh, thanks a lot, Jeff. I appreciate you uh, being on the show. Is there anything you want to promote to my audience? No, I mean, um, you know, come check out my podcast, The Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show, if you enjoy the sound of my voice in your ears. Um, you know, like we said, it's interviews. This week, I interviewed a guy who's been on five game shows, including Jeopardy, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and uh, Wheel of Fortune. And it's really interesting to hear him just compare the experience of being on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire versus the experience of being on Jeopardy. It's just like, a real like who else knows what it's like to be on both and can compare them? So I really enjoy talking to that guy. And uh, if you go to BuzzFeed.com slash Jeff Rubin, you can see all the videos I've made for BuzzFeed, and you can get a sense uh, when I say, like, I'm really happy with what I'm doing, and it's really fun, you can uh, see what I'm talking about there. Awesome. All right, thanks again, Jeff. Uh, it's good to talk to you. Thanks for having me, Tom. Super fun. All right. Thanks. Bye, guys. All right, that was Jeff Rubin. Uh, he was a really, really nice guy, and somebody I've been a fan of for a while. Um, like I said in the interview, he's not an improviser, but he's on the cusp. He does his internet videos, and I thought that uh, he would be somebody that you would be interested in hearing from. Uh, he's very successful, so, uh, you know, just somebody different to talk to. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Check out next week's episode, and stay tuned for two bits for uh, some really exciting news that's coming down the pipeline. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.